Hello everyone and welcome to episode 16 of Christ Matters. For anyone new to this podcast, it is an ongoing diary of my own spiritual journey over the past eight years and it is a true and honest account of how I personally view and feel about the huge impact that Christianity has had and still has over me and the ways in which my entire outlook on all areas of my life have dramatically changed over this period of time. And I firmly believe it is all down to my newfound faith in my Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Over the past couple of months, the narrative of this podcast has predominantly been about my struggles with obedience to faith during a time of reduced inspiration, due in no small part to a level of health lower than normal. One overriding factor has been that, even though at times holding on by the skin of my teeth, I have come to realise that perseverance plays a huge part in how we respond to God in times of difficulty, and indeed how he responds to us. I have learned that, even though I still struggle, it is nevertheless so important to maintain whatever level of perseverance we are able to muster because it is through this that he will continue to build our characters to the point that we will be able to deal with all situations of difficulty in life with an ever-growing maturity of faith and thereby ease the burden of strife to the point that our abundant and continuing trust in the Lord will help us to conquer all our fears in relation to whatever life throws at each one of us. I'll bet that some of you are saying, yeah, sure, it's easy for him talking about perseverance and all that, but he doesn't know my personal circumstances and what it is that I'm trying to cope with. Am I right? You are quite correct in saying that I do not know your circumstances. But neither do you know mine. So I guess that makes us kind of even, wouldn't you say? There is one person, however, who knows your circumstances and those of me too, and a lot of others beside. Our blessed Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. If I may, I would like to take this opportunity to detail just a few of what I see as fundamental steps to following Christ. The first thing that you must do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. As it says in John 14 verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You cannot do anything to receive salvation on your own. It is a free gift provided by Jesus' precious blood when he died on the cross for your sins. Jesus loves you and wants to have an eternal and personal relationship with you. By accepting Jesus as your Saviour, he forgives your sins, delivers you from the fear of death and loves you unconditionally. Therefore, accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and experience his comforting presence, power, wisdom and guidance. All you need to do is open your heart and soul to him. 
It really is that easy. Then continuously seek his will in your life. Ask him to give you the wisdom, strength and determination to live a whole Christian life. God should also come first in everything. When one of the teachers of the law asked Jesus which of all the commandments was the most important, as it is written in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, Jesus states, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Show God how much you love him through what you say, what you pray and what you do. Remember, without God, you wouldn't have anything at all. There would be no eternal life in heaven, no hope, no joy, no reconciliation, no peace and no future. Thank the Lord for all your blessings and turn to him for everything. When you need comforting, ask him for guidance and remember to thank him for his love. Being conscious of God's love for you will make you a better, more confident, stronger Christian. In Mark chapter 12, verse 31, it states, The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Loving others is essential when it comes to living a Christian life. As it states in John chapter 13 verses 34 and 35, Jesus said to his followers, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The single greatest way to represent Christianity is to love each other. Jesus said, love your neighbour as yourself. You can't love your neighbour if you don't love yourself. Just let that sink in for a moment. I wonder how many people would turn to Christ if they saw Christians treating themselves better and therefore showing love to others better. Love for God, your neighbour and yourself are the three basic ingredients in following Christ. But there are many other areas where we can enhance that love and enter into a full and fruitful relationship with him. Prayer, for instance, is an integral part of becoming a Christian. And what a powerful asset this really is. Oh yeah, I hear you say, it's easy for others, but I feel such a fool talking to thin air, especially when I don't know what to say. I'm afraid that people will secretly be mocking me. It may interest you to know, my friend, that we all find prayer difficult because of these feelings of inadequacy, and that can put a stumbling block in our way. Some of us, for instance, aren't really able to facilitate public prayer, preferring instead to commune with God in privacy. Let me tell you, my friends, that there is nothing odd or strange in that. 
And if that is where you are most at ease, talking with your Creator, then carry on. Prayer, as someone told me a long time ago, is nothing more than a conversation with your best friend. Two important scripture references which may help us all here are as follows. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, we read, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Also in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So you see, even when we don't know how or what to pray for, his Spirit is always there to help and guide us. And I would encourage you all, including me, to persevere in prayer. Another aspect to enrich your relationship is to place your trust fully in him. Now, I'm a great one to advocate that, when I myself find it so difficult to place all my trust in him. And I think, as I've said before, that this reluctance to let go of my own discernment and judgment comes from spending most of my life devoid of any spiritual or godly influence. For me, at least, this is where the fellowship of believers is of prime importance because, by the grace of God, it is through this fellowship that my small faith continues to burgeon and I am gradually coming to terms with the fact that to continue this growth and to enjoy a faithful and fruitful relationship with the living God, it is an absolute precursor to place my trust wholly in the Lord. After all, as it says in Philippians 4, verse 13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. In fact, if we look at the very first verse of the Bible in Genesis 1, verse 1, we read, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And a thread which goes right through the whole Bible is the fact that nothing is impossible for God. In essence, for believers, or those seeking to discover the truths of his word, we must be able and willing to place all our trust in him. And I encourage each one of us to pray sincerely for his help to achieve this. Learn to live graciously, finding ways to be thankful, regardless of what's going on in your life. Maybe you recently lost your job and are struggling. Maybe you've lost a loved one or have been sick. Even in these incredibly difficult situations, we all have a lot to be thankful for. It's only in living with gratitude that we can truly follow Jesus. While it can be hard to avoid temptation and sin, you need to do your best if you want to live a whole Christian life. We are all sinners, but that doesn't mean we don't try to be better. If you do end up committing a sin, pray for the Lord's forgiveness and strive to do better next time. As I said earlier, I find the fellowship of believers to be of paramount importance in my own journey. 
Christians need one another. There's nothing quite as inspiring as gathering together to worship. But don't leave it there. Form a community that does life together. The church isn't a building, it's a community. When you're obedient to God, it proves your faith and love for him. A good example of being obedient to his calling is when you feel an inner push to do something good for someone else. Another would be that so-called inner voice that reminds you that what you're about to do is a sin. As his disciples on earth, we must follow Christ's example and obey his commands. Following Jesus may sound simple, but it's definitely not easy. In a world full of disappointment, hate and anger, Christians are supposed to be the light. As it says in Matthew 5 verse 16, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Sometimes we do a really great job at it, but other times we need a gentle reminder. When you learn how to follow Jesus and act on some of the recommendations here, you'll find greater satisfaction, feel more content and at peace, even when you're struggling. You'll also be able to handle problems that come your way with God's strength and courage. My final comments are in relation to how we, as individuals, interpret our physical role within God's kingdom here on earth and how we project the love of Christ into the good works that we currently do for God. Or do we even participate in actively spreading the word of God, not just by word of mouth, but also by the actions we undertake in our own lives? Now, please don't get me wrong here. I know that there are many tasks we must undertake in this modern world in which we live, just to maintain a level of comfort and security for our families, etc. But do we ever take the time to stop the merry-go-round and take a long, hard look at ourselves and our circumstances in relation to what we do and don't achieve, or at least participate in, with relation to spreading the word of God by how we actively seek to progress his kingdom by examples to others. As it states in James chapter 2 verses 14 to 17, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Also, as written in Matthew 5, verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 
due to the overall sinfulness of the human race since the time of Adam and Eve, and over the millennia, the subsequent degenerative attitudes of mankind towards his supreme creator God. It is so easy for every one of us to apportion blame for our individual circumstances to the society and moral values, or lack of, which are imposed upon us by the modern world and its attitudes of self-fulfillment and development to the total exclusion of all comers. As many of us, I have battled over the years with many instances where life appears to have dealt me a tough deal, whether that be through health, finances, jobs, relationship, family, and many other reasons, where I have initially trusted in this world and its ways, only to be brought down to earth by the lack of a genuine, heartfelt morality to the ways in which this world and its human inhabitants abide and also to the complete apathy of any sort of faith or religion, always believing that my destiny was ultimately under my control. But how wrong that ideology was. I have learned over the past eight years that there is a far better way to live my life, by following Jesus Christ. I could go on for hours here, talking of the incredible experiences of coming to faith, of following Christ to the best of my ability, of being influenced each day by his teachings and his sacrifice for me. I could also talk of the difficulties in following this Christian path, the ups and downs, to taking a step back from these revelations and ultimately being brought back by Jesus for the second time, for which I will be eternally grateful. This is why I write this diary, in the genuine hope that someone, somewhere, someday, may begin their own search for freedom from this world and its prince. Or if you are already on a journey, I hope and pray that you may be encouraged in some small way to persevere. The prize is definitely worth it. I have also included a further poem this month, entitled Rock of Salvation and I hope you enjoy it. Struggling through this sea of life, head held high above all strife, as time goes by, resilience subsides, strength ebbs and flows, just as the tide. The strain of life begins to tell, a heartfelt wish, your voice to yell, there must be purpose to all this, help me through life's dreary mist. You're not sure who you're talking to, you're just reaching out in pain. The mist begins to drift away, something's there in the dark and the rain. A rock appears within this sea, quite small and difficult to grasp. It's slippery too, but you persevere, and soon you're standing fast. The storms increase, the sea grows wild, yet still you stand your ground. And though your rock is battered, your faith and strength abound. But there comes a time with waves so high, you are toppled from your stance. You struggle to stay upon this rock, though you know it's your only chance. You can't stand up, your feet are wet, you teeter on the brink. But God will bring you through this, 
and Jesus is your link. Keep faith and trust in him alone as you battle this force of damnation. Remember that he alone will be your eternal rock of salvation. Just before I sign off, I would like to propose a challenge for each and every one of us. That is to examine in detail what and how we individually and actively promote the word and the kingdom of God in what we say, who we say it to, what we do and who we do it to and search our hearts and souls to effect whatever improvements, however small, remember the mustard seed, we are able to commit to. If we also ask for his guidance in this, I think we will all be surprised with what he inspires us to do. Well, that's all folks for another month and thank you for joining me once more. I hope and pray you may have received some small encouragement from this month's diary. And until next month, may God bless all you are and all you do.